Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast. I'm Chad Millman from the Action Network, and this is the Parlay Show, and we are getting so close. Me and my brothers from the Action Network, Paul LaDuca, 10 years in the majors, four-time All-Star. Jeff Schwartz, eight years in the NFL as an offensive lineman. We have been trying to win a nine-team parlay since the start of the NFL season. Last week, we abandoned making bets on sides and totals, and we just tried to do a straight-up money line parlay. Just pick the freaking winners, and we came so close, boys. So, so close. Jeff Schwartz, how close did we come? I think we were, we were six and three. We had a one-point loss in Kansas City. We had Jacksonville inexplicably losing to to the Redskins, and then the Rams. Though that was atrocious. I mean, they were bad. I mean, I, I get why we picked them. Clearly, they should. They were thirteen half point favorites. Um, but wow, that was uh, that was ugly last night. We were close though. We're going to get there this week. I have a feeling there's some good games. Paulie, how are you feeling? I know you're getting uh, you're struggling a little bit right now. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> Uh, let's get through this. Um, yeah, I'm struggling a little bit. The Rams, you're right. Um, Goff and uh, Gurley didn't look like he was uh, going to be going home sleeping well last night after that game. I hope he's okay. He came back in the game. I think they have a chance. Their offense yeah, nah. is just broken. I mean, they made a good tweet last night. Cooper Cup was he? Was he the key? Well, I, I put that on Twitter yesterday and. I had a couple of responses back from, you know, people that I trust. And, you know, they said basically, you know, he's your, he's their first option. But, I mean, sure, you still have Todd Gurley, Robert Woods, your tight ends, Jared Goff, a good offensive line. I think what happened is is they they got to a point where they became too, um, uh, too not too conservative, but, but to a point where they became too one-dimensional. They run the same personnel grouping, 90 eight percent of the time 11 personnel they line up in mostly the same formations and they do basically the same stuff all the time with a lot of window dressing they run a lot of zone they run a ton of play action passes so teams are hammering their offensive line they're really getting after their tight ends in the run game and then then they're just sitting in zone coverage and making jared goff beat them without breaking routes they're not allowing their wide receivers to get open the middle of the field and it's really affecting goff they're turning the ball over a ton now and they just look like they're broken. They've won the they've won the West, so they need to focus the next two weeks on trying to get this offense back. It, that's a great uh, analysis there, Jeff, because Jared Goff does not like the last five weeks hasn't looked like the same quarterback. And this is where betting becomes a fascinating canary in the coal mine, because you could see that the Rams going back to when they played the Packers, when they played the Seahawks, when the public was all in on the Rams at these crazy levels and the point spreads were so high and they stopped covering. And you could just tell, like, I think the last six or seven weeks they maybe covered one game and it was against yeah. the Lions on the road in a chance where the Lions had a chance to backdoor in a game where the Lions had a chance to backdoor cover. And, like, they have not been the same team at all. They lost to the Saints. They lost to the Bears. Like, um... And this looks like a Jared Goff problem to me. I think it is a, a big Jared Goff problem. You know, he's a quarterback that I know we always talk about system quarterbacks and whether or not that's a good or bad. I mean, he definitely plays well in the system. And he's a guy that I don't think takes very well to getting hit. Now, a lot of quarterbacks don't. So it's not like it's something that's only a Jared Goff problem. But he's been getting hit a lot more than he had ever been hit 
or in the season, the last couple of weeks, whether it was Fletcher Cox last night, just just wreaking havoc in the middle of that Rams offensive line. And maybe it is as simple as, as Cooper Cup was the guy they used in the middle of the field. He's not there anymore, and they haven't adjusted. But Sean McVay is supposed to be an, office in, an offensive genius. Like He's supposed to figure this out. We see Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco with a third-string quarterback beat the Seahawks yesterday. Like, their offense continues to run. Um, Baker Mayfield, rookie, their offense continues to get better with a with a with essentially a fill-in offensive coordinator. So the Rams have got to, you know, Sean McVay. It's up to you, man. You got to figure this out, and you got to get, you know, get Goff some confidence, get him back on track. It's also interesting to me. You made a really good point, and this is something that the broadcasters talk about all the time too. The Rams almost take pride in running everything out of the same set. It's like we are smarter than anybody else, so it doesn't matter what what anyone else is going to do. We're going to trick them with the way we run motion and all these kinds of things, but it's going to be the same set. Why don't they just run different sets? Why don't they just add that? How hard is it? Well, it's not very hard, but this is their identity. And I think now they've, they've, they, they're going to have to do something different next week. And like I said, they've already won the NFC West. Now they're fighting for, for a playoff buy and with the bears win yesterday, they're only uh, one game behind the Rams, and they have obviously the tiebreaker. So the Rams have got to keep winning games, but you got to find ways throughout the next couple of weeks to figure something else out on offense. Uh, whether it is adding a second tight end and doing, you know, having two tight end formations. I'm not even sure they have a fullback on their roster, but bringing some more pro set stuff in there. Um, coaches are very stubborn, right? And they're they have they have egos, and they want to run what they know best. And what happens is, I find it's very it happens very often to the best offensive coordinators, the best of them. It happens to Andy Reid all the time. Is when things don't go well, you revert back to what you know best. So the ramp things don't go well. Okay, guys, let's get back to our base stuff. Let's do what we normally do. Well, that base stuff's not working. So they have to think outside the box moving forward. And I think I think they'll figure it out now. The playoffs though. It's not setting up too great because if they got to play the Bears in LA, um, in 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 this, I don't like I don't like that matchup for the Rams at all. I tell you I what, Cesar Milan, the dog whisperer, would not be happy with Sean McVay's body language. I mean, he <laughs> looks like he's a dead panic on the sideline the last two day, last two weeks. I'm sorry. You think so? First yeah. time they've lost back to back games under McVay. He's 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 freaking, and I think you're right about Chad. He's very very stubborn. He's going to stick to his guns because he is this offensive genius, and he's this and he's that. Like the worry on his face. Listen, when the kid dropped the ball and he muffed the punt, like you can't have that body language towards your players. You have to tap the kid on the head, go get him next time. It, it, it's it, it's starting to frustrate him now, and that frustration can roll over to his players. I just looked like that to me in his face at the end of that game. Speaking <laughs> of frustration, this weekend, Paul LaDuca, you posted a video of getting thrown out of a game <laughs> that was by great. Uh, calling pitch, calling balls and by, by protesting balls and strikes. Uh, it's hilariously funny, and one of the best things that people always talk about when like guys get thrown out are the things that get players thrown out. Explain to our listeners exactly what happened. Set up the game, set up who was pitching, set up who you were playing, the count, the scenario, where you were in the season, and then take us through what happened. We were playing the Oakland A's, and that was Jason Kendall that was catching. Joe Blant was on the mound, and... Um, I was a, a, a hitter that I really did not care uh, the strike zone with nobody on base. But the bases were loaded in that situation. 
Um, so now you, it's not wait, like wait, hold on, it. hold on. What year was it? Where were you in the season? What were the uh, I was 06 or 07. I want to say it was 07. Um, and we're obviously in the midst of a, a pennant race. Um, so, like, the bases are loaded, 0-0 game. And Glavin th- that night had thrown, like, I don't know how many pitches on the inside corner because that was his corner. And, he, and Marvin Hudson, I actually like Marvin, <laughs> was the umpire. And he had not given him that pitch all night and the pitch before that was down and that pitch to me was borderline inside now it caught the inside corner but he had not given it to me all night so the first thing I said to him I said the first pitch is down and that one was inside let's go and then he immediately took off his mask and he came after me um which what were you probably, what did you mean when you said let's go what were you saying to him? what did, what was the what did that mean and get your head out of your ass you know, basically what it is. I'm sitting back there. You got to understand, I'm the one that I used to tell umpires all the time. I'm the one that's calling pitches. Like, why are you, why, why are you screwing me? Like, I, I'm the one that's t- talking to him going, listen, you haven't given me this pitch all night. Let's go. So then when I came back into the box and turned back around, I said, let's friggin' go. I never cussed. And then he tossed me. And that's when I went berserk. And if you see the second part of that, I'm telling Ed Donahue, that if he goes at that time, Frank Robinson was the disciplinary person that yeah. handed down suspensions and fines. I said, if I get fined, I'm going to report all of you guys. I never cuss. I never said a word. If he can't handle me turning around and saying something to him because the crowd's in his face because he's been making bad calls all night, then he shouldn't be umpiring, umpiring games. And then all they do is say this and that. I never got a fine for that game, but I got suspended. How does that happen? Did you get suspended because you started throwing stuff out of the field? <laughs> yeah, and Gary Cohen didn't help me. Uh, also, Gary Cohen, the Mets broadcaster. Yeah, that says I shouldn't have got th- thrown out of that game. Put on the jockstrap gear. Because I always thought the rule was if you get personal with the umpire, that's when you get tossed. Like you can yeah, argue. You do. But- Listen, there's certain guys, just like officials. There's certain guys you can just go off on. Right. And they'll take it. Yeah. And this and that. And then there's certain guys who take it personal. I immediately pointed. Did I turn around? No, I pointed and I said, that first ball was down. That first ball was inside. He took off his mask and came right after me. So when when, when, when an umpire takes off his mask and comes after you, what are you supposed to do? Oh, okay. Just shit all over me. I'll sit there and take it. No, I came back and I said, let's frigging go. Yeah. Buckle down. Then he tossed me. You know what? He should have tossed me before that and that's when... You know, I went berserk. But the problem was I had to. And people always just that. I played with Willie Randolph for two years. I love Willie. Great guy. You know how many times he got thrown out of a game in two years? How many? Zero. So somebody had to do stuff like I did. Zero. You have to Willie stick Randolph up for your... was my favorite baseball player growing up. Well, you have to stick up for your players sometimes, even right or wrong. You know, what? sometimes guys do stupid stuff on the field like I did that day. That was stupid. He stuck up for me, but he's supposed to get thrown out of that game and go ballistic and act like I'm right. That's how you stick up for your players. But he just what? stood there and stood there. What do you do? So when you get tossed, you go back in the clubhouse, and do you just get changed and then go home, or do you, like, hang out? No, no, you got to hang out. You got to hang out. So you go back, you hang out, you blow off some steam. You try to – I remember going back in the clubhouse trying to, like – 
inch and going, God, that pitch really was a strike, man. <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to sell myself that it was a ball, but yeah. You go back in there, you sort of just blow off That's steam. Funny. You don't really want to leave because if you leave, we end up winning the game one nothing, which is good. You you really really hope that you win the game because you don't want to cost the team, you know, the game. Speaking of costing us games, maybe we should pick nine teams that we know are going to win, so we can make some money. You guys ready? You guys ready? Let's do it, Jeff. All right. Lots of games this week. There's lots of games that look great. But I'll tell you the one. Well, no, 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 they don't play this week. It's the Panthers and Falcons. Interesting. All right, let's go to Saturday night. This is going to be a big game, but I think the Titans are going to win this game as 10-point favorites against Washington. Look, Washington was a great story last week. All right, they go to... Jacksonville, Jacksonville is a not a good football team right now. In 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 uh, with Cody Kessler leading them, they're they're just not a good team. They've given up already. Washington goes in there. Teams we often see this. They they get like a little boost at times with a backup quarterback playing his first game. Right, the defense doesn't have film on him, especially a mobile quarterback in Josh Johnson. <laughs> There's no chance that they go in to Tennessee this week with the way the Titans are playing defensively and win this game. Even if the Titans play ugly on offense, which they do at times. Their defense is really good under Mike Vrabel, and I'm going with the Titans here on Saturday night. I hope we don't lose this parlay by Saturday night. How hard can it be to pick nine games right just to be on the right side? Like, I do pick skin pick them every week with uh, my best friend, Matt. We have been doing it for years. Mano a mano against the spread. The winner sends the loser as many second-place trophies that are as embarrassing as possible. <laughs> okay. And it's the greatest feeling in the world. It's the greatest hundreds of dollars I've spent the past five years when I've kicked his ass in against the spread and pigs can pick him. I send him trophies that are so big, he's got to put them together with his kids because I want him to be shamed. I want him to feel bad about losing to me so many times and I want it to span generations. I want his kids to feel his pain, right? Every week, I probably pick between, I don't know, eight and 11 games right against the spread. Against the spread. We can't even pick nine <laughs> fucking games right as winners. Uh, what, what am I supposed to say to that? Do you like my Titans pick or not? I like it. Yeah, I love it. It's great. I'm all over it. Maybe nothing not to like about it. I'm yeah, all like over I, the Titans. I, I, I love the Titans. I've been on the Titans. I don't know why all season. I bet on them this week too. I, I don't. I don't know why we haven't won. I mean, it's the first week we've done the 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 money line. Last week was so we're hitting. We're getting there. Week. We're gonna get there. Are you ready, Paul? You're up. College football, the Army Black Knights. I told you this last uh, week. Um, Major Applewhite fires his defensive coordinator, first of all, after they lost to Memphis, which is a similar, well, not, not similar running style. But now they got a new defensive coordinator that has to prepare for the triple option. They're, according to Colin Wilson, 77th. In the nation against the stuff uh, in in stuff rate, which yeah, would be rate, Houston, yep. 
Um, but with Ed Oliver not on the field, they were gave up almost close to 45 points with him not on the field. With him on the field, the yards per carry go down almost three yards. He is not playing. He's going to get ready for the draft. This line also um, has gone from 67 to 60 because I, I just think that Army is just going to possess the ball. Plus, Houston's I'm starting a freshman quarterback. They lost their quarterback. I know he's got a couple weeks to prepare and got a little bit better, but I just think Army is going to run all day and all night all over Houston. I like this pick, and for I'll add an, a, one more thing in there as well. You mentioned the Houston's had a quarterback change, and they're not going to have the ball enough, in my opinion, to score enough points. And, and we know that when you play a team like Army – Points are at a premium. I mean, Army is 10 and 2. They're good for a reason. They score points. They hold the ball. They held the ball against Oklahoma for 45 minutes of that game. Um, I think they're going to win this game and they're going to win this game big. And they're only a three and a half point favorite. So, so they're, you know, their, their money line's minus 170. It's good value for the parlay. <sighs> Jeff, I'm telling you, this guy, Ed Oliver's a Jew. This guy's legit. He, he's going to be a legit NFL guy. Uh, and Oliver, I will, I will side bet you that he will not be a good pro. Oh, really? Yeah. That's well, he makes Houston Why? way better. Do we? Is do you think it's an attitude thing? No, no, no. no. The, the jacket thing was stupid. Uh, that was Major Applewhite was was being douchey as a coach. Um, no, I. Uh, I'll tell you why. So, Ed Oliver is an undersized D tackle. He's like two eighty five, and. At that size, you have to be an elite pass rusher to, to play in the NFL, and he's not. And no, I know the idea is, well, he's so athletic and such a freak show, and they played him in this kind of 3-4-2 gappy style uh, D-tackle in college, but we, we, we don't see very often where a D-tackle who cannot rush the passer very well in college becomes an exceptional pass rusher in the NFL. You, you should be able to rush the passer beyond your athletic traits just using your quickness or your or your size I and mean, we see a guy like like Quinn Williams at Alabama I mean he, he hit he hit a double team with he, he swam move one guy swatted the arms and hit a guy with another swim move he did three moves in one like that to me are transferable traits a guy that can't rush the passer and you say hey buddy go do the NFL with less practice time now less time in pads I don't see it I don't think he'll be as good as people think you think he'll be god that is great analysis that is great, grade A professional analysis right there. Thank you. What do you think of your alma mater, Oregon, scoring the top player in high school football? Yeah. This defensive How about that? from where, California? Yeah, DN. He went to, he's Oaks, went to Oaks Christian. Um, yeah, that's a big get for us. I'll tell you what, Mario Cristobal is doing a fabulous job recruiting um that that only we, we've never gotten a player that high I, don't, I mean i don't, can't even imagine i think jonathan stewart might have been the highest player we'd ever gone but how about that a defensive end too like we it's oh, it's fantastic how defensive much do you think it now. matters though like when you get to that level i don't know that like getting six they have six espn 300 guys top recruiting class in the country probably when it's all said and done oregon will matter yes if you look at the national championships uh, a buddy of mine did a breakdown. I don't have it in front of me, but if you look at them, pretty much like the last 15 years, you have to have like a top 10, like a composite top 10 class over the previous three seasons to win a championship. Like you need to have the, you need to have the talent there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You know what I do know? I know I'm making a pick. 
and I know I'm choosing Indianapolis to win. To win. Okay? To win against the New York Giants. Oh, at home, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm seeing minus 440. There's not much to add to this. Minus 475, I'm seeing in one place. Marlon Mack is really fun to watch the run, by the way. I like this whole team. No, no, they're getting better. You're right. They, they, they're the mini bears. Like they're not can't go there because the bears are for real. But they are ascending. I am with you. Their defense is getting better too. If uh, you're me, you're feeling really good that you have Super Bowl tickets on the Saints and the Texans, but you also have the Bears in your uh, Super Bowl pool. I don't. I don't think the Bears can go to New Orleans and win. I don't either, but I don't mind having them go to the championship game. So when I get to the Super Bowl, uh, so so I am lock when it gets to the championship game for having a team I have a bet on in the Super Bowl. I bet the Saints Patriots like two weeks ago on their futures. I have to make up work. for my Atlanta pick. Early it's not going to work out for you. <laughs> that is a bad pick. Jeff, you're next. I am. All right, two options on the NFL side, in my opinion. I'll save the the other one for last because we we might have a good debate on that one. Chargers at home against Baltimore on Saturday night. Here's the deal. I've said this for weeks now. It still holds true. The Baltimore offense is fake. It is is non-sustainable. The last five weeks, they've rushed for 200 yards every game except they, they were like 198 against the Chiefs. And they've played the five worst rushing defenses in the National Football League in a row. In a row. Like, they had the the luck of being able to do this five weeks in a row. Well, this week, they head to Los Angeles. And look, there's no home field advantage for the Chargers. They actually don't play as well um, at home. But they are playing good football. And they're beating teams that they're supposed to beat when they have to beat them outside of their one loss against the Broncos. They've now gone, by the way, and they've been... Seattle in Seattle, Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, and the Chiefs in Kansas City. They're a really good football team. They actually might be in – look, I'm a Chiefs fan, but I think that they're the most complete team in the AFC right now. Baltimore is going to go in there, and they're going to play that defense, the Chargers defense, and they're going to get stuffed the entire game. They don't have any chance, in my opinion. The Chargers have the ninth defense, DVOA, heading into you know, the coming out of last week, I should say. They're, they're not going to put up enough points, in my opinion. And the Chargers, with Gordon back, they reported he'll be back this week. Keenan Allen's fine. Mike Williams, Antonio Gates, for some reason, can keep doing it. I like the Chargers big in this game. Uh, I just don't buy the Ravens at all with that offense going on the road across country. First great defense they've played. Don't buy it at all. I think Phillip Rivers just never gets his due. I mean, if you Mike look... Well, no. If you look at the the wins they've had in December, they've won at Pittsburgh, at Kansas City. (laughs) Those are two just all you need to know right there. I mean, like, and I know they've always come up sort of phony towards the end, but I think this is the one year. This is the one year that they might not be phony. And they might not be phony. I mean, this is, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I told you, the Lamar Jackson... We had Baltimore last week because because of Tampa has a bad run defense, and Tampa was in that game for a while. I know you were hanging in the balance, uh, uh, Chad. You had you needed that game to end at eight. I middled that thing. 
on eight. I had one option for middling, and I nailed it. They call me the Millie Monster. Wait, you, wait, they, you middle another game? By accident. I'll oh, tell you what God. happened. <laughs> you know, I do this pick'em contest, as I've mentioned, with my buddy Matt. And you go to Sports I, Center, and you wrote seven books, yeah. and like, yeah, okay, seven books and uh, four bestsellers. Um, but listen, hey, Jeff, your book right now is uh, part of the stand that makes my computer higher when I do TV from my um, <laughs> from my house. Can you please take a picture of that? That's fantastic because. Yeah. Um, Thank you for buying it, by the way. Um, we we need to we need to get our copies up. Someone someone texted me, a, a, tweeted me a picture. They bought it for I guess for Hanukkah or something. I'm like, I didn't know they still made them. I know how many they have in the warehouse. Not many. You can you can get it on Amazon. Yeah, there's but there's there's not many in the warehouse because they they said I bought some. They were putting half of them on auction for like three dollars, and then if they didn't buy them, they're just going to destroy them. <laughs> they told yeah. me. I was what happens? Like, I was like, wow. What happens? So. In the pick'em contest, I had uh, I had bet Baltimore minus seven and a half. I forgot, and then on Sunday morning, I fired away on um, Tampa Bay plus eight and a half. And so I'm like, well, shoot! Now I've got a root for Baltimore and I've got a root for Tampa. Do I want to win my pick'em or do I want to win my bet? Wow! And it ended up landing on eight, which is exactly what I needed. Wow! Look at you, the middle monster. Okay. Uh, we'll just get it out of the way. Just, just to ching it, New England. We're on, the, we're on the Chargers. Look, look, I, I freaking love the Chargers. Yeah, I love the Chargers too. So it's my pick now, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I just, I, I didn't know what you picked. Yeah, just to put, just to ring the bell and move on, right? Yeah, ring <laughs> it, move on, New England, New England, move on. Thirteen points against Buffalo. Let's just move on. I mean, it's a must. Honest win. to God, I don't know why that wasn't the first pick. Like. Yeah, I mean, I, it was going to be one of our picks, right? I mean, at some point, yeah, I was just waiting to see like what kind of happened. I think it was always in our back pocket. Someone's got to pick that game. It's like a suicide pool, only we could use them every week to try to win money. <laughs> By the way, I looked at the odds. I looked at the money line number. On, I think they were a minus 1,100. <laughs> it's going to kill our parlay. Yeah. We got to win, though, right? You just got to win, man. No, I'm sorry. Minus 1,300. They're minus 1,300 at William Hill. Minus 800 at five dimes. <laughs> just what win, baby. Just win. Even if it's like five bucks each, we're just got to win some money. Speaking of winning, you guys ready? Los Angeles Rams on the road at the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. They got to be at minus 1,000 too. They're 14, right? I told you guys a long time ago, I'm an Arizona Cardinal fan, and you guys didn't believe me. They're the worst team in football. They are. And Minus 1,600. God, they're so bad. Minus so 1,600. Bad. Okay. But I will say, we're running out of gimmies. Yeah, I, I, have a, I have a couple options here for my last pick. I'm going to... Do you, do you guys want to add underdog into this equation for this weekend? As in moneyline underdog. Moneyline underdog, yes. Why not? I'm willing to do it. Because I think Seattle beats the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. So Ooh, I agree with you, and that was going to be I one that like I went that. for. Yeah. I um, I'm a Chiefs fan. Clearly, my brother plays for the Chiefs. I thought they would lose this game 
before they lost to the Chargers. Seattle is a tough place to play. Russell Wilson is 42-12 and 12 all-time in Seattle for home games, right? I know quarterback wins is not a stat, but that's a trend, right, that seems very important in the situation we're picking straight up. Um, he's lost one time to an AFC opponent in Seattle. Now, they don't play, obviously, very often in Seattle. I think like once a year, so it's not like that crazy. Um, but that was the Chargers this year. Uh, typically, they lose games in Seattle to, to like Arizona, Paul. You know that well. Like Arizona, the Niners, like division opponents. They don't lose very many games uh, outside their division at home. Seattle lost to San Francisco, we know, yesterday. It was embarrassing. I was I had the Niners plus money. I was fine with that, obviously. Um, but... We have a Seattle team that wants that fifth seed. They want to play Dallas in the wild card round. They do not want to have to go to Chicago and play the Bears. They already lost to the Bears in Chicago once this year. I think they come out. They win this game. They run the football. They love running the football. And they're a team that will stick to the plan against the Chiefs. They will run the football the entire day. Chiefs run defense is really bad. I think the crowd noise, everything kind of just gets under Chiefs' skin. I think Seattle wins this game outright. I so 100% agree with you on that. When I was scrolling through, that looks like the exact situation in which the Seahawks win this game. Yeah. Desperate times. I like I actually like the Chargers getting an opportunity to take control in the conference. Um I I 100% agree. I will tell you this, though, looking into Week 17 really quick. It would be very Chargers to beat the Ravens, the Chiefs lose to the Seahawks, and the Chargers go to Denver and lose in Week 17. Very, very Charger-like. We'll see what happens. Yeah. We will see what happens. Won't we? There's still a really good bowl game this week, by the way. We haven't got to yet. One of you two want to take it eventually. What do you guys think of the Chargers are four-and-a-half-point favorites right now? I think that line is going to go up. Probably. There's a lot of money on the Chargers so far. Are you going to bet that right now? Is Chad making a bet? Do we have to, do we, do we have to drop the, uh, the sounder here? Your attention, please. Chad is making a bet. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, I'm making a bet. Thinking about it. We're going to get back to the podcast in just one second, but first, let me tell you about Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. It strives to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy, with a non-intimidating way for the stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. It's a simple and intuitive design with data presented in an easy-to-digest way. I have used Robinhood. I signed up. It was fantastic. It's everything that they said it was. Mostly, it was easy, and I got information that helped me make decisions. I love that there were no costs. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. Trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, you learn how to invest as you build your portfolio. You discover new stocks. You track favorite companies. You can get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. I got a free stock. Sign up at favorites.robinhood.com. That's favorites. Dot Robinhood.com. Let's get back to the show. Polly, what do you got? 
I don't even know where to go. Tough. Hmm. There's I think there's a good college game I think that's pretty. See, I, I like Northwestern game. though, but that's later. Um, look at look at Friday at four p.m. Paul. Friday at four p.m. Yeah. That is Purdue at oh no I'm on backwards. <laughs> no, look at the Toledo right at FIU. <laughs> no BYU Western Michigan. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it's BYU. Is that not, not to make your Jeff? third pick for you? Yeah, I mean, like, um, they're minus twelve BYU Western Michigan. I want to say that Colin. When I was looking at Colin, he got his go really highest confidence index. That's why yeah, he I did. Like uh, he has one through thirty nine. You got to go to the action uh, website. Colin Wilson does his one through thirty nine confidence picks. Um, and he has them high on, on, on the confidence BYU. Um, he actually has them slated as, uh, um, I think it's 39th. I think his most confident pick 30, 33, 33 out of 39. He has 33. I'm sorry. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. So minus 12 just to win the game. So now our parlay is probably down to maybe breaking even for the year. If we hit this one, 30 cents. <laughs> We'll win thirty cents on this parlay. Teams I mean, favored by ten or more to... ten or more points in bowl games have gone have won seventy three percent of the time since two thousand five. Yeah. Um or That's pretty good. Would you rather have a bowl oh, it's probably too bold of a pick. But no no. <laughs> Fascinating radio. Well, my thing is, is I, I just think the Bears are just a better team. But I know you got to go to San Francisco, but the San Francisco Chargers just have the Seattle Seahawks number. They've outscored, they've outgained them over a thousand yards in the last two times they played them. So to me, I just think that ends. But Chad, how do you feel about the Bears things. going to San Francisco? You're the Bears fan. Uh, I think it's a weird spot. Um, stay away. Th- yeah, BYU I'd stay away. Three and a half yeah, point away. favorites. I don't know that like Eddie Jackson is not going to be playing. Correct. I th- I think he is a galvanizing force for that secondary, uh, coming off of winning the conference. Um, I worry about the letdown spot. What about New Orleans and Pittsburgh? That's a weird line, don't you think so? Yeah. So we're going BYU. Yeah, we'll go BYU. My chance. I am going to end this on a winner. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, yes. You're supposed to say, yes, I'm ready. I don't have a high falsetto voice. Sorry. Come on. You can be your, what are you, front dominant? I am, yes. Oh, yeah. We should show that on air. Last week, you mocked me for saying that I'm that I'm front dominant, like quad dominant, and then you went to the trainer yesterday, and he said the exact same thing about you. So maybe it's the same conversation I have with my wife all the time. She thinks I'm stupid, and then someone else tells her the same exact thing I told her, and then she still thinks I'm stupid, but gives me a little bit of credit. <laughs> hmm. I like your wife. You like her. She She puts me in my place quite often. Get her on the podcast. I mean, those uh, 30 lunges you did made your trainer. My legs are a little sore. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. 
Uh, Dallas over Tampa Bay at home. Yeah. Come on, guys. Come on, boys. I looked at this. Uh, you're Dak right Prescott on this one. Stinks. It just it just worries me because I just don't buy Dallas, but Tampa's not very good. No. Also, like it's it's like they're minus three hundred, so we get a little bit of value here. Like they're going to win this game by Let at least put, a point. Let me put this thing in here. Yeah, we're at minus seven, minus fourteen, minus fourteen, minus minus twelve. <laughs> we need to win, man. We need to win. It has to happen. It has to. Do you imagine well, if we would have gone eight and zero going into last night with the biggest favorite on the card gets beat outright? That would have been so upsetting. Yeah, would have been bad. Do you have a figure? What it, what would it pay, Schwartzy? Uh, no, because some of the 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 website I use to do the the, open, oh, the parlays up aren't up aren't up yet. The they don't have lines. the money lines up yet for a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, all right, boys, but we got our nine picks. We do. Are you ready to hear them? We yes. have uh, Tennessee on the money line against Washington. We have Army to beat Houston. We have Indy, Indianapolis Colts to beat the New York Giants. We have the Los Angeles Chargers to beat the Baltimore Ravens. We have the New England Patriots to beat the Buffalo Bills. The Los Angeles Rams will beat the Arizona Cardinals. Here's our risky one. Seattle to beat Kansas City in Seattle. We have BYU to beat Western Michigan and the Dallas Cowboys to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That might be the riskiest of our favorite picks. Dallas is minus 300. I'm feeling pretty good about it, boys. I feel like we're going to have a winner this week. Yes. I think we are. It. We are. I think we all should punch it and all win. I love that. I love that. Thank you for listening to The Favorites. We have shows every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Download our free, free, free Front Strong app, the Action <laughs> Network app. Please rate and review the show. On Wednesday, uh, I will be with Bob Scucci. On Friday, Georgina will read your reviews on the show if we like them I might not because they tend to make fun of me Paula Duca Jeff Schwartz thanks for joining me you guys can listen to our show on Apple Podcasts radio.com slash the Action Network or wherever you get your shows until next time <laughs> <laughs>